teaching cannabis business owners how to effectively manage all aspects of their business, increase profits, and get results. Welcome to Cannabis Solutions, presented by PayQuick. Our expert host coaches you on the do's and don'ts of running your cannabis business with insight, advice, and war stories from the trenches from established leaders in the cannabis industry. Now, the host of Cannabis Solutions, here with the answers to make your cannabis business thrive, Kenneth Burke. Hi, welcome to Cannabis Solutions, presented by PayQuick. I'm Kenneth Burke, and today we are really lucky to be joined by Cheryl Schumann. She's the co-founder and CEO of the Beverly Hills Cannabis Club, which is just an amazing luxury source for cannabis connoisseurs. She's got more than 20 years' experience in the industry, and we are absolutely thrilled to have her on the show. Cheryl, how are you today? I'm doing fantastic, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be here with you as well. Beautiful. All right, so let's let's jump right in. So why don't we start at the beginning? You know, Tell me a little bit about your story and what got you involved in the cannabis industry, because obviously you'd been a very successful businesswoman before that with respect to Starry Eyes, and even as a kid with your uh, couponing business. That's right. Well... For me, it was interesting because I had a lot of celebrity relationships from my past business, Starry Eyes, and I was also born and raised on a tobacco farm in Appalachia, which a lot of people don't know. So in many ways, I feel like I was born to be a cannabis connoisseur and grower and expert. So for me, everything, um, my business was going great, life was good, and then in 2006, I was diagnosed with ovarian cancer, and after going through a number of surgeries, my body, they said, was too weak to go through any more treatment, and basically, they had me assigned to hospice care, and it was during that time that I reunited with someone that I had known as a child, and they had told me about one of their friends in California growing two cannabis strains, one being Harlequin and one being Canatonic. And they were both high CBD strains and they recommended them. And basically, I had a choice. I could go into hospice or end-of-life care or I could try this new cannabis strains that I had never heard of and at least go out with a smile on my face. <laughs> so, uh, you know what? That's not a bad idea. So that's what we did. And I signed out, unfortunately, against medical advice because that was not the route that my doctors wanted me to take. Um, but I did it. And within 30 days of using a combination of juicing, extractions, a raw food diet, and vaping and as much cannabis and even smoking a joint from time to time, um, it helped me immediately. Within 30 days, I went from being completely bedridden on 27 intravenous pharmaceuticals being pumped through my body and basically to be kept in a vegetative state uh, waiting to die. And within 30 days, like I said, this regiment that we started, it gave my life back to me. It allowed me to shower, to do some exercise, to go for a walk, things that I had taken really for granted. And for someone in my situation, especially when you're an end-of-life care patient, one of the hardest things is it's really lonely and scary because people start becoming uncomfortable. They don't know what to say anymore, and life kind of passes you by. So for me, at the end of 90 days, I felt almost as if I'd been completely reborn. It was like I felt better. I was exercising, driving. I was in full remission. I was able to go back to work. And with the 
negative stigma that was assigned to cannabis. At first, when I started sharing with some of my friends that I was using this and how it had saved my life, at first people were like, pot? Oh, come on. And people from the mainstream had this misunderstanding not realizing the medicinal value of cannabis. And keep in mind, this was seven years before Dr. Sanjay Gupta started talking about this. So, right, and Charlotte's Web and, and, and that whole thing that really got a lot of notoriety to it. So it sounds like that's what you know, really motivated you and, and got you along the road to seeing the incredible benefits of medical cannabis for uh, not only for cancer patients, but for uh, epilepsy and grand mal seizures, et cetera. And it, is that what led you to, to want to, you know, start growing and, and open your own store in the Beverly Hills Cannabis Club? Take me from, from there to the Beverly Hills Cannabis Club. Well, basically, as someone who had been a cancer patient, the most important thing is the consistency and quality of the medicine. And one thing I decided is, number one, I wanted my children and my family to be proud of me. I wanted to stand up for the right thing, which is ending cannabis prohibition. I learned that cannabis had been used for a multitude of illnesses and can heal a multitude of illnesses and was legal on our pharmacy shelves until the 1930s. So I looked at it after talking to my family and said, look, this is a great little plant that got a really bad reputation by some very powerful people, namely Anslinger and the media corporations of Hearst Media. And why can't we do a rebranding campaign? That's what I do for a living. We just need to do a rebranding campaign. And that's exactly what we set out to do because the truth of the matter is today, cannabis is mainstream thanks to a lot of the work that we've done. And when people see that the today's cannabis consumer can be, you know, your brother, your sister, your attorney, your who people use it that you would never expect because of that negative stereotype, you know, I feel like we've had a huge amount of of influence on that, especially with all the media. I mean, to date we've generated over a billion dollars worth of earned media. And it's about education and awareness. And when people start asking questions and finding out the truth, to me, it was just a no-brainer. It's like, I want to club for me, my celebrity friends, the people who work in the industry, the people who couldn't go out ordinarily as high-profile people. And we started doing mansion parties and having a chef come over and cook for us. And we all grew the garden together. And we had a big meeting place, kind of like a country club type of environment and then we would right. do a mansion party at different friends houses who are members of the club because the biggest reason we had to start beverly hills cannabis club is because beverly hills banned dispensaries there was no way for us to get our medicine at that time other than to go to south central la and risk getting carjacked or killed so, so let me ask you let me ask you this then so sure. for uh someone else who is going to start a cannabis business. You'd mentioned your experience in, in branding. So I'm going to start a, a retail store or I'm going to start uh, a grower and I want to be a grower. What advice would you give them with respect to branding uh, their business and their cannabis, et cetera? Well, the, the first and most important thing is you have to determine what your brand is. I mean, are you for a a, a certain like let's say you decide you want to do uh, senior citizen cannabis and there's specific strains that you found that work really great for alzheimer's or emphysema or chronic pulmonary disease or um, a number of ailments that seniors deal with you would want to make sure that you build your brand around that getting senior citizens that are giving you interviews on how that particular strain that your dispensary has 
help them because my philosophy is everyone has a Charlotte's Web story in their community and in their dispensary. They just don't know it yet because they need to know who their patients are. Same thing as we move towards a recreational market. Um, Other differences, you know, quality, consistency are absolutely important. You would... I would assume that people would would much rather want to be known for the quality and consistency of good tasting and good medicine. Right. And consistency, consistency of of the medicine. (laughs) Right. I mean, let me ask you this. And so, so you obviously had the branding experience, but for someone who, who doesn't have that, they've, they've got a vision um, and they're going to go out and they're going to hire a branding expert. You know, what are two or three questions that you would recommend they ask of that branding or marketing firm before hiring them? Well, the first thing is actually the person has to have their own gear together, so to speak, because a branding person can't tell you what your brand is if you don't know what it is. So the first thing you've got to go in is, let's take, for example, hi, I've been growing with my dad for 30 years. We're a multi-generational family farmer. We like farm-to-table cannabis. We have recipes with home-cooked meals, et cetera. So how do you see that working for us to acquire patients, for us to acquire revenue? So then the branding agent has an idea, okay, I see you guys in the garden with some really high quality images of the father and the son working together and talking about what it's like to be a family farmer in this world of commercial agriculture, which it's coming. So we're going to see a division between craft growers, you know, homegrown family farmers and commercial agriculture. So, and each one of those have completely different branding theories behind them and marketing theories. They're all going to be marketed different. So the most important thing is for you to know what your brand is and to ask yourself, how do I want my clients, my consumer base to see me? And for me, it's like, okay, I work with celebrities, so it's celebrity driven. I live in Beverly Hills, so it's luxury driven where you have the finest of everything, including cannabis. And from my Uh, childhood upbringing, growing up poor in Appalachia on a family farm, is making sure that everything that we do is of the utmost quality, grown by hand, nurtured by hand, overseen by me personally every step of the way. And once you have that two-minute elevator pitch to tell your branding person or marketing person or even an investor if you need a, a funding investment... You have to know who you are in like two minutes or less for anyone to tell you anything. And anyone who tells you otherwise is lying to you. Well, that's phenomenal advice. And we're out of time for this segment, so we need to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to talk more with Cheryl Schumann from the Beverly Hills Cannabis Club about branding issues, operational issues, and, uh, and investments. So stick with us. We'll be right back. We'll bring you more Cannabis Solutions after this. Do you want to get in on the booming cannabis industry? With new frontier data, we give industry insiders the power of big data analytics to help navigate this rapidly growing and changing landscape. New Frontier's tools help you make critical decisions based on the facts. Our industry analyst reports reveal the best opportunities. Our custom research engagements deliver answers to the most difficult questions. And our cutting-edge big data platform, Equio, puts real-time information and answers you need right at your fingertips. Go to www.equio.io 
and sign up for your free membership today. That's EQUIO.io to sign up now. The power of real time big data is now in your hands. Run with New Frontier and let us help you conquer the wild. Mindful of sustainable practices and limiting their environmental footprint, Sansal hemp is always grown outdoors as nature intended. By starting with uniform genetic profiles, Sansal ensures the plant will maintain its optimal performance and yield consistently throughout its life cycle. It is through innovative processes that Sansal is able to achieve pure whole hemp extracts and meet industry requirements and the level of quality desired by many of their customers. Healthy plants, healthy people. SansalCBD.com. Improve your lifestyle naturally. While the feds and state are doing their dance, you still need to transact business and manage your cash. Go professional and let your customers pay with PayQuick. They pay you and they earn rewards points. PayQuick connects to your bank account for free and secures all of your transactions. And with PayQuick, you can pay your producers and processors for free. Plus, it pays to have it because it makes depositing your cash safe and so easy. No cops, no crooks, just compliance and comfort, knowing you have your cannabis business in check with PayQuick. PayQuick, the safe and easy way to pay. P-A-Y-Q-W-I-C-K dot com. From dabs to chibas, sativas to indicas, we roll out a whole concentrate of fresh new content every week. It's like going from the greenhouse to the dispensary. CannabisRadio.com Cannabis Solutions, presented by PayQuick, is back to help your cannabis thrive. Only on CannabisRadio.com Welcome back. I'm Kenneth Burke, and I'm here with Cheryl Schumann the co-founder and CEO of the Beverly Hills Cannabis Club. Cheryl, thanks for being with us. And now I want to talk to you about um, the, the uh, cannabis entrepreneur who's looking to, uh, to raise some money for their business. They've got a, they've got a vision, whether, it's, whether they're touching the plant or not touching the plant. You obviously are, are a marketing expert and has given us great advice about having a vision for your cannabis business. Um, what would be your advice to someone who's now going out and saying, you know what, let me, let me see if I can find some investors? Okay. Well, first of all, you have to find the investors and you want to make sure that when you find one and you run into them in elevators, grocery markets, you never know where you may run into an investor. Okay. So number one, I I hate to keep saying elevator pitch, elevator pitch, elevator pitch, but you have to have an elevator pitch that's quick to the point, clear, consistent. And when you speak to people there, everyone and their brother wants to get into this business right now with uh, investments ranging from 50000 to $50 million and even more. We currently are working with about $600 million in working capital between a number of different funds that are anywhere from Israel to Vancouver, Toronto, Puerto Rico, Australia, China, and all over the U.S. And what it is, I mean, for example, this past weekend, I just spent four days speaking to the Opal Group Family Office uh, Conference, which was 500 captive investors, fully accredited, fully vetted, that had a net worth of $5 million or more ready to invest in the cannabis world. So, There are so many people that are looking for investment, 
but not a lot of money for investment. So you have to make sure that you've got a one page that's really to the point, just like the elevator pitch, only in writing. And if you bump into someone like at these conferences, you want to make sure, oh, hey, I just noticed that you're one of the speakers on the investment panel. Here's my card. Here's a one sheet to give you an overall idea of our business plan. We'd love to set up a follow-up with you. Um, can we do that? So that one pager and that two-minute elevator pitch where I, I know what my pitch is, you have to do that and go to as many investor gatherings as possible. I, I kind of jokingly say it's like shooting fish in a barrel, but it really is. You are surrounded by people who want to give you money. You have to show them that you are the right group to give that money to, that you're going to be honest, hardworking, you're going to be dedicated with a set of deliverables that are in writing. You want to have a very good attorney. You want to make sure that all of your ideas, concepts, uh, brand names are already trademarked, are already set up in, in S-Corps. So if you want to possibly go uh, public, they prefer S-Corps. Some prefer LLCs. You may want to even consider forming a holding uh, company over your different brands because you may have a holding company and under that umbrella you have a real estate division, then you have an extraction division, then you have a growing division, then you have a retail division and so forth and so on. And depending on the level of interest and quite frankly risk that the investor is looking for, we all know that the highest risk, highest reward is growing. The closer you get to the plant, the more money you make, the further away, the less money you might make, but it's safer. So there's investments in technology, real estate, all of which that do not touch the plant, but are still highly profitable. And this industry is growing so rapidly that it is becoming big cannabis with big commercial agriculture grows. We've got Prop 64 on the ballot for California. I'm working with multiple groups right now with hundreds of millions of dollars who are building out these resort type properties with a working farm and with a huge like industrial complex, all for growers. So right. you have Clean, so let, let me bring you back to the let me bring you back to the entrepreneur if I can because yes. you mentioned a, a one sheet um, and you know what a one sheet is I know what a one sheet is um, but maybe if you could let our listeners know what are two or three of the key things that they really need to put in their one sheet especially one piece of paper that explains your business explains your vision to a prospective investor but for you when you're analyzing an investment mm -hmm. or you've gotten someone's one sheet you know what grabs you and what leads you to take that one sheet and toss it in the trash? Well, it's kind of like dating. That opening line is very important. Right. So <laughs> just like an elevator pitch, you have to have something in that top line that says, we grow fine organic cannabis that's been family grown for three decades, has a number of media opportunities with these potential patients that we have great marketing materials on. We have an excellent team and excellent staff and would love to set up an appointment. And then after that, it's a who, what, when, where, and why, and at the end, the return on the investment. So you want a very basic summary of business terms. So who you are, what exactly are you doing? Are you a cultivator? Are you a dispensary owner? Are you a software company? Why you're doing it? What's your motivation? Do you have an exit plan? Do you want to be in it for five years and have some be someone acquire you? Or are you a boyfriend-girlfriend team who've been growing and you've plateaued and now you just want out to cash out? Put that down there. And then what you're specifically looking for. So think Shark Tank. I want $1.5 million for 
50% of the business or 40% of the business or what that is, give them enough of a sizzle and a taste where they want to take the time and see the full business plan. Because if they can't get past that first sheet and that first opening line, and this is something you should actually role play and rehearse with your friends and your team. Because when you go to all of these events and you know there's an event like every day now somewhere in the world, almost everyone there who's not in the business, they're interested in getting into the business. So that's what I'm saying. At lunch, when you're getting lunch, hey, what do you do? Oh, I'm an investor. Oh, that's great. Well, we're a father-son team. We've been growing for 30 years. We have a great new organic line coming in. Would you mind taking my card and we'll exchange cards and I have a little one sheet you can take and perhaps we could talk after the conference? That sounds great. And you've just got your first investor lead. Got it. That's really, really good advice. Let me change gears on you for a second now and and talk a bit about your Beverly Hills Cannabis Club and your daughter, Amy, who works with you and is a co-founder and executive vice president of the Beverly Hills Cannabis Club. But what I want to focus on is picking your partners and picking the folks that you work with. Obviously, you're working with your daughter, but for somebody else out there um, that is looking to get into the business and he's got some friends or she's got some friends or this or that, what advice would you give to them on picking your partners? Well, first I have to say, well, congratulations to my daughter because my daughter has started her own spinoff company. So she's still co-founder of Beverly Hills Cannabis Club, but she has started her own very specific digital marketing agency called 420 Swarm. So it's 420 and then swarm.com. So she's working on some really exciting projects herself. But as far as choosing your team, the most important thing is that you share a common vision that you really genuinely like each other, that you have good interpersonal working skills because any kind of a startup, there's up, there's downs. And if you're going to have fights constantly, if you're not going to like each other, if you don't have the same vision, you're doomed from the beginning. So you want to make sure that you basically have a checklist, you know? Right. Those things. For me, the longer that you know the person, the better that you know the person. And quite frankly, a lot of it is just gut instinct. You know when you walk in a room, like how your body is reacting to that person. In my lifetime, and I'm a very spiritual person, I believe in energies and, and people's auras and that sort of thing. And I know most of my best friends, I knew the minute I met them that they were going to be one of my closest friends for life. And I've been in business deals where I'm sitting with someone and uh, they they might be talking about paying to go to Africa to shoot elephants and kill them just for the sport of it. I personally, I try to be a vegetarian. I very rarely eat meat. The thought of killing an animal would not fit within my standards of what I consider to be a worthwhile sport. Right, but that tells you something about the person. So what I'm hearing you say is, you know, is trust your intuition. You know, trust absolutely your trust your intuition when you meet somebody. Yes. Uh, you're thinking of going into business with them. That's hugely important. Yes. I should have said it like that. You said it much better and summed it up much more quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, trust that instinct. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, you know what? We're going to take a break. But when we come back, I want to talk a bit more about California and what's going on here. We're with Cheryl Schumann, the co-founder and CEO of the Beverly Hills Cannabis Club. We'll be right back. We'll bring you more Cannabis Solutions after this. 
Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now. About a game for your phone, gonna make you say, wow! The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash. Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash. Little by little, your empire grows large. Put the big celebrities inside your entourage. You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chi Chin Chong. Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong. The name of the game is him pink, that's the point. Download and play while you light yourself a joint. The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp pink is even hot proved by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp pink. Seeking a career in cannabis? Ready to become the next great bud tender? Increase your knowledge, skills, and higher ability with a Tricomb certification today. Tricomb Institute is the only cannabis education company in the world with courses that include textbooks, workbooks, and expert-approved and government-certified curriculum. Tricomb now offers these courses online. Take the courses at your own pace with 24-7 live human support from anywhere in the world. These courses are perfect for physicians, pharmacists, MMJ parents or patients, adult-use customers, and most of all, aspiring bud tenders. The course includes full access to the cannabis industry's largest job board and even includes resume building help. Register for online courses with the cannabis industry's educational leader in science, education, and training. Visit TricombInstitute.com today. Everyone deserves the medicine they need. Aaron's premium CBD essentials and CBD nectar products are made from plant-based organic ingredients, grown and processed in the United States. Our unique formula of coconut oil and coconut water, infused with CBD oil, is ideal for all skin types and provides maximum relief. Aaron's Essentials was formulated by 9-11 first responder and stage 4 cancer survivor Aaron Sieber. As a cannabis connoisseur, Aaron began making and using his own lab-tested medicinal cannabis products to help relieve the side effects of his rigorous cancer treatments. Visit www.cannosaurbrands.com for more information on Aaron's Essentials and learn how you can pay it forward. That's C-A-N-N-A-I-S-S-E-U-R-Brands.com. Keep your cannabis cravings under control. Feed your mind with CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis Solutions, presented by PayQuick, is back to help your cannabis thrive. Only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. We're talking with Cheryl Schumann, the co-founder and CEO of the Beverly Hills Cannabis Club and the Queen of Cannabis. She's been telling us about uh, how she runs her business and what entrepreneurs can do when they're looking to make an investment in when they're looking to get money for their marijuana business with prop 64 on the ballot and polling very, very strongly in favor of passing here in California. Cheryl, what are you doing with respect to the Beverly Hills cannabis club to, one to get ready for that? And two to get ready for the new California track and trace rules that are coming into place. That is that Cal Governor Brown a year ago signed a traceability statute that is requiring all marijuana in California by 2018 to be tracked and traced. So what are you doing with respect to your business to get ready for those upcoming events? Well, one of the great things about being an activist is 
you know things because you're in city council, you're in the legislature before the public ever hears about any changes or anything. So we've always kept up to date. We've always had a complete um, seed to sale tracking system. It's vitally important. The services you guys provide is vitally important for accounting and, you know, using cash and everything because we are a cash business at this point. But, um, as far as Prop 64 goes, I, you know, a lot of this people don't understand. Some people are against it, but they don't realize what Governor Brown put into effect, which is MRSA, what we refer to as MRSA, is basically almost very, very similar to AMA and Prop 64. So for me, I'm just grateful for the state to finally have a regulatory system where we can properly tax and regulate. Let's start fixing some of our roads, the one that just gave my brand new car a flat tire when I had a pothole. Let's start, (laughs) sorry, that was a little selfish, but let's start taking care of our veterans. Let's start providing after school programs. Let's let prisoners out of jail that got caught with a joint and got their lives ruined back when we were having such archaic laws you know so for me we've always been ahead of the curve so as far as the way we market beverly hills cannabis club and what we're doing we're already within compliance in california and have multiple relationships with dispensaries and distributors and growers all over the state so what we did is we basically decided to internationalize our brand so our brand will now be um sold in the finest retail establishments in dispensaries all over the world in every legal state throughout the U.S., in Puerto Rico, in Vancouver, Toronto, in Spain, in Israel. And we basically wanted to show that, I hate to use a word like the elite, but there is a higher class of people that like things like fine wines and art and they like fine dining and they want that kind of vibe. That's the brand that we have, like a Cartier or a Gucci or a, you know, they called us the Starbucks of pot at one point. But it's it's a national well-known brand for quality, for the best cannabis in the world and for the best environment to enjoy it in. So we're really focused on... You know, we're already ready for Prop 64. We've been ready for quite some time. And we're focused more on the emerging markets because we already have an international brand. And now we want to capitalize on that and within the next year or two, possibly take the company public. So what we're doing and working with different investors is we are working on these super grows that are big industrial type growing agriculture structures and 420 friendly resorts and 420 friendly fine dining facilities and 420 friendly yoga studios. And all of these would be, think of Emerald city and it's just right. a and little capitalizing little- on, on truly what's, what's coming. But what I also am hearing you say is that from the beginning compliance and seed to sale trade, traceability has always been very, very important for you. So it sounds like with anyone who is currently in the business um, and has a dispensary or a grow operation, obviously MRSA is coming. MRSA is here. Um, It sounds like your advice to them would be make sure you are on the compliance train because if you're not, you're going to get left behind. 
Well, you're absolutely 100% correct. And and quite frankly, that's one of the reasons that businesses like PayQuick are so important because one of the biggest issues that we deal with right now is the lack of compliance. And those are the people that the DEA or the city or the county are going to shut down. So why invest any money or time or effort at all if you're not going to be in compliance to lose everything? Not only that, but when you're within compliance and you have um, structures in place like a pay quick since we're on the subject you have an accounting system one of the biggest issues that we deal with is theft you right. know even on our own team sometimes they like to take a little bit home with them for their friends you know to hang out with and stuff and this so this keeps you in compliance not only with your inventory to keep your 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 team honest but also to make sure that you're in compliance with the state and the taxes and everything because believe me the state and the government wants to be our friends they want to support us we've just never had the right framework or regulatory structure to do that because they they need our money and we want to pay them our money and taxes and we want to be within compliance. But this is the first opportunity we've really had to finally be in compliance. And thank God, because, you know, we were first with Prop 215 and it's about time that we're leading the way again. Well, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And to really set, have California, I think Washington has really set the gold standard from a traceability standpoint. Uh, for the rest of the country to follow. And, and California with MRSA is, uh, I think, is doing the same. So uh, my last question for you to kind of sum things up is we've got folks listening, you know, who are either in the business or thinking about getting into the cannabis industry. And what do you think would be, you know, one of the most important pieces of advice that you could give them based on what you've seen through, through all of your years in the cannabis industry? A couple of things. Always believe in yourself no matter what and never, ever quit working for your dream, no matter what. And specifically in the cannabis industry, because the cannabis industry is very divided. You still have some people who are still working in the black market and the criminal element. You have people that are working in unregulated turf. You have all kinds of obstacles. The prohibitionists who, even though we're legal in so many states, still want to come at you. And some people just aren't nice. So they're going to try to knock you down. You're going to get hit by your competitors. There's going to be all kinds of bumps on the road, but never, ever give up on your dream. Always believe in yourself. If anyone ever has negativity thrown your way, shake it off, just like Taylor Swift, and you just keep going. I mean, when I had right. cancer, I got back up. When I got hit by a car, when my mom got cancer and just died recently, it was heartbreaking. It was paralyzing. But you know what? You keep getting back up and you never quit. Well, you know, I, I think one, I agree with you wholeheartedly Two, you know, my advice always to entrepreneurs and the most common attribute of entrepreneurs in any industry and particularly in this industry can be summed up in one word and that is grit. You know, yes. You've really got to have grit to do grit. it. So, Right. Yes, just like True Grit. There was a movie. Just like like True Grit. You got to have grit. So listen, Cheryl, thank you so much. We've been with Cheryl Schumann from the Beverly Hills Cannabis Club. I want to thank you for joining us today and for sharing her advice that she's learned over the years as being an absolute force in the cannabis industry. Thank you to our listeners for joining us for this edition of Cannabis Business Solutions presented by PayQuick. I hope you found this show useful and interesting and have learned something to help you in your cannabis business. 
You can download past episodes of our program by going to CannabisRadio.com or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you next week. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.